Hey everyone, Ben here with a quick interruption before we get into today's episode to let you know that we have been nominated for a Sports Podcast Award. Yippee! That is very, very exciting. We are actually incredibly honoured and excited to have that nominee. And you, the listener, yes, the very person that is listening to this right now can help us win a Sports Podcast Award and get us on the podium for once rather than always being off the podium. To do so, head to sportspodcastawards.com. Dot com, register to vote, click on the Best Olympic and Paralympic Podcast category where you can then vote for us to win. Now, you will have to listen to the other nominees as well, but let's be honest, you know you're going to vote for us because you're listening to our show today, which means we know you like us and we'd very much appreciate the vote in advance. Sportspodcastawards.com, that's how you do it, and we thank you in advance. And everybody who votes for us, we promise to thank you in our acceptance speech should we win. Right now, I'm going to shut up, play some music, and then you're going to hear me talk again as we get into today's episode of Off the Podium. Enjoy. They're standing and they're applauding that dramatic performance by James Orville and Christopher Dean. Alex Philodeau. It takes a lot to make him happy and he is clearly pleased. She's up. She's moving nicely. She's got it. Yes. Sally Stegel, 132.67 has won at least the medal. She's 0.24 up. Yuki. On the ice for the Gimlet. The Gimlet scoping. These golden games have their crowning moments. It is off the podium coming to you today for our Beijing 2022 wrap-up episode. The Olympics are over. It's a sad time to be an Olympic fan, but a good time to be an Olympic fan if you're listening to this episode because... We're going to go over all the hits and misses and everything else in between of Beijing 2022, bring it to a close and celebrating what has been a pretty successful Winter Olympics for both our nations that we celebrate on this as well as a bunch of other nations. My name is Ben and joining me is the GOAT, the MVP, Team Slovakia of Off the Podium. It is Jared Lubick. Jared, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's, it's great to be back. Are you celebrating the bronze from your beloved Slovakia? We didn't get a chance to talk to you yesterday about this, but uh, is that why you had to take the day off because you were too busy celebrating? Yeah, 100%. Um, never in doubt, uh, clinical performance, clinical victory. Um, oh, the boys just just did a great job. Look out for them in uh, four years' time. <laughs> have you have you ordered your jersey? Have you have you got it ready to go? Or it's on the way, that? yeah. It's on the way. Yeah, I expect to see it being worn every single day. Um, I guess before we talk about general about the games and that you weren't here last night to talk about the closing ceremony. Um, thoughts on the closing ceremony, Jared? Um, you know what? It wasn't great. <laughs> um, I feel like the one positive, I we didn't really get a cliche English song. Um, so that was good. But apart from that, I don't know, on par with the opening, nothing unexpected, too many children's choirs. Um, the Olympic anthem just, like, needs to go full stop. Um, <laughs> and and also, like, the changeover wasn't that great either, so that was a bit of a letdown. Not not impressed with uh, what we're seeing for Milan. What, I mean, we, we talked up last night the national anthem, at least, the, the Italian national anthem with the violin was pretty spectacular, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, couple of people skating around in the middle of a giant screen doesn't really sell you too much for the what looks like the summer olympics in milan as they were having a nice summer's day on the canals there it seemed yeah it was just it was odd um i don't get this idea of people just like running on on a mountainside like as far as i know running isn't a winter olympic sport uh but you know maybe it's maybe it's coming at the next olympics but um yeah just i don't know it just wasn't anything special um, the logo I don't really love either, so yeah. but it didn't help that that was just everywhere. Um, yep. So yeah, it's it's pretty yeah pretty bad. Um, but um, you know uh, at least we can look forward to ski mountaineering, which again it's not something that's been hyped up enough. But uh, 
feel that will be the star of Milan, but uh, we can talk about that another time. But how how are you feeling at the end of these Olympics? Uh, how would you summarise your viewpoint on Beijing 2022 overall? Look, I think they were good games, and I feel like they were better than expected. Um we had real snow along with man-made snow, which, which nobody was expecting. Um, I feel like everything ran fairly smoothly, like things were rescheduled, but they got done. Um, and from obviously from Australia, an Australian perspective, like they were a great winter game. So um, got to be happy with that. We, we talked about in Tokyo how we all kind of, you know, would rank it up highly as one of the more, more enjoyable games that we we really did like and sort of surprised us a lot. And Colin and I touched on a little bit last night about Beijing, about, I mean, personally for him and I, maybe not our favourite Winter Olympics that we've experienced. But, uh, I mean, how, how would you kind of compare them? I know you obviously haven't been into the Winter Olympics as much as the Summer Olympics, but from the ones that you have sort of paid attention to, can you say that he's one of your favorites or there are others that perhaps you look back on more fondly, not necessarily just on the performance side of things, but just as the overall experience of, of experiencing these Olympics. I feel like it's like a more of like a mid tier. I think I looked really fondly back on like Vancouver. Um, and yeah, I just, I mean, they were good. Um, nothing spectacular but they went off without a hitch so that that's always a positive so yeah to me it's kind of like a middle of the road i'd say in terms of australia uh we'll obviously talk about the predictions because i think you know how well you've done in those predictions but um obviously to get the four medals is is pretty amazing we talked up beforehand about how we're kind of a, a little bit um sick of this three that we've had in the last three olympics but uh come away with four also to break the gold drought was pretty good i mean it was very close to being more as well uh i think i saw the aoc release today this is a a record for top five finishes uh at a winter olympics and an equal record for top 10 finishes so i mean outside of the medals did very very well but uh i mean how do you feel in general are you are you satisfied with four do you feel a little bit short changed that there were a couple there that we were narrowly uh missing out on in terms of we could have had more than four I think satisfied with four, but I really did think our medals were going to come from like, I was sure that we were going to get like a, a snowboard cross medal in there somewhere and an aerials medal in there somewhere. So to still get out of it with four and not medal in those two events, which I thought were givens, um, I think is impressive. And I feel like it gives us something to build on uh, moving forward to the next games. Like, I feel like this, like with how we did, this can be beaten. It's, I agree with you. And I think the, the the one thing that I get out of it is that, yeah, like it's disappointing that snowball cross and aerials, as you said, you know, narrowly miss out on those. But I think we leave these Olympics with a freaking sliding medal, which, um, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the, the medal tally last night in terms of sports overall that Australia have won medals in now to see the word skeleton on that just feels so damn strange. Uh, I mean, even 20 years ago, if you had said, you win a skateboarding medal or a surfing medal. You'd be like, well, they're not Olympic sports, but okay, maybe I can understand how they would be Olympic sports one day. I don't think we could ever imagine that Australia would win a medal in a sliding sport. And as we've said plenty of times throughout the last couple of weeks, if at the end of these games you had said that, we would have assumed it would have come from Bree in the monobob. So it's it's still quite an incredible achievement for Jackie to win that medal and for us to literally won a medal in a sliding sport, which is just it's unfathomable thinking about that, you know, even before these Olympics. Yeah, it's huge. And I think we talk about how like the summer Olympics is always this kind of unexpected medal, like, like the Chloe Esposito or like an Ash Maloney in the decathlon. Um, and at the winter, I feel like we don't get that as much. Obviously Bradbury was unexpected, but I feel like outside of that, all our medals have been athletes going in who we thought could potentially end up on the podium so like to me like the jackie narakop medal is like the winter olympics equivalent of that unexpected medal and to me it's just it's it stands out amongst all of the other medals we won at this these olympics and like just talking about it gets me excited i I just still can't believe that it that it happened i'm glad i'm glad you mentioned chloe because i i mean i still stand by probably our biggest ever shock medal ever at any Olympics prior to winning a silver medal in skeleton was Chloe winning a gold in freaking modern pentathlon, which is still something unmatched. But uh, yeah, quite, quite incredible. And it's, it was somewhat like 
I want to say disappointing to, that none of our four medalists were able to have that flag moment because, you know, obviously it would have been Jakara, of course, winning the gold. But, um, you know, obviously none of them could really get that moment in the sun. But just on that quickly on the closing throw, I should bring up Sammy Kennedy Sim. We sort of mentioned her name. We thought it might have been Bree. But um, what were your thoughts on Sammy getting the nod? And, and off the podium, three from three for flag bearers uh, for Beijing 2022 for Team Australia. Yeah, I feel like it was a little bit unexpected, but definitely like the right call. Um, particularly with her not being sure if she's coming back to the next Olympics, like we're assuming that Brie will be back in four years' time. Um, so I think it's it's a smart decision, a wise decision, and for her to kind of back up at back-to-back Olympics, making the small final, I think is it's well-deserved. You're not Canadian, and obviously we talked about Canada last night, but uh, give us your honest take on Canada's performance. I mean, 26 medals, it's their equal second highest total, but only four gold, and this is such a Canadian thing where they're just simply like, oh, yeah, no, we're okay with that. Whereas I look at it from this Australian perspective, again, knowing that come Paris, if Australia only wins eight gold medals compared to 17 in Tokyo, we're going to be ripping into our athletes, aren't we? So uh, how do you look at Canada's performance? Uh, Overall good, gold, not so good. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I definitely was expecting more gold and for it to be a little bit more even across the board. Um, So, yeah, I suppose, I don't know, they can't really complain with the amount of medals they won, but look where they're sitting on the medal tally by ranking by gold, you know. (laughs) So... I don't know. Interesting to see what they come back with in four years' time. I feel like they were they were obviously close in a lot of sports. That's so just kind of, I mean, the difference between gold and gold and a silver and a silver and a bronze is like in the Winter Olympics, a hundredth of a second in most sports. So um, a chance to improve, I feel like, um, come Torino. And we didn't really talk much about this with Colin last night, but uh, obviously the, the big talking point for off the podium is that we finally broke our gold drought. Charles Hamlin getting a gold in the part of the 5,000 metre short track. Now, obviously, as you you just you're involved in all the interviews, Jared. You know, you're you're very strong in terms of your uh, streak with that. But uh, how, how, as the neutral one, as the one who I guess doesn't do the interviews and maybe doesn't give two shits about this curse, did did you did you get a bit of a tear in the eye that the final of this gold drought was broken and off the podium can claim that we've got a gold medalist after we've interviewed them? Yeah, it's impressive. And now moving forward, obviously, like the guests are just going to be lining up. The curse is broken. <laughs> there's zero pressure anymore. So, um, yeah, looking forward to what interviews uh, are coming because now everybody knows that you come on this show and you can win a gold medal. It's possible. Well, if you're Canadian, uh, basically. Mm. <laughs> um, if you're Australian, you don't win a medal at all, but you carry the flag. So, um, I mean, I don't know. If you're an Olympian, what would you rather, an Olympic medal or carrying the flag into a ceremony? I feel like an Olympic medal, right? Yeah, no, I think that's probably the right one. But uh, still, the flag, you know, uh, no disrespect to Brendan Kerry, but I don't know if many people would have known who he was too much before these Olympics, uh, even though he was a two-time Olympian, and now they do. He's one of our flag bearers, so that works out well. Um, Got a list here of of many countries obviously had their best or equal best Olympics. Just quickly on New Zealand, um, had a bit of shit stirring from them in the last couple of days. Nothing today, so I'm happy about that. But uh, two gold for them. I mean, technically they beat us in terms of the gold medal tally. We beat them on the total. But uh, how, how do you feel about New Zealand coming away with two gold medals? Uh, you know, and again, as I pointed out yesterday, all their Olympic medals have been won by three people. Like, I mean, come on now, get get some more diversity in your athletes. Don't always give it down here now to uh, Nico and Zoe. Uh, you know, help out, help out your team, Nico and Zoe. Uh, you know, spread the love a little bit. Yeah, still a little bit dirty about them beating us on the official medal tally, but obviously a smart person would do it by number of medals. So, um, <laughs> you know, um, I'm just interested to see. I feel like, yeah, you've beat us, but can you back it up, you know? Yeah. So which... I'm looking forward to four years' time. I, mean, I, I kind of have a gut feeling that they will, uh, but, you know, maybe not. Maybe, yeah, maybe did... this will be a one-off, you know? Well, that, that I mean, freestyle skiing, those events don't really seem to move on too much, do they? I mean, you know, so, and they're, they're only like 12 still, aren't they? So mm. they're probably going to keep on winning. And they'll be like, oh, bro, we're so good at the Olympics. And it's like, well, you've got two athletes that just keep winning these sports, which like they just show up for three seconds and go, yeah, bro, and then just ski off, you know? So um, anyway, congratulations to New Zealand. We should, we should in all serious uh, wish them congratulations. But just looking at some of the other countries, so in terms of most successful Olympics. So Norway had their most successful Winter Olympics, obviously in terms of gold. Gold medals won. China 
hands down their most successful Winter Olympics ever. Fantastic for them. Uh, Sweden actually had their most successful Winter Olympics of all time. They did very well. Eight gold, five silver, five bronze, 18 in total. Uh, the Netherlands had their equal best uh, Winter Olympics in terms of gold medals won, as did Switzerland, France, Slovenia, and Belgium. Uh, so congratulations to them. Uh Great games for Rock on a debut appearance. Best ever appearance there for Rock. Uh, I mean, I was very, very satisfied with Rock and their debut appearance. Don't you? Don't you think, Jared? They did very well for a new country. Yeah, it's good to see them um, and putting in some effort. Exactly. <laughs> Finally, maybe a little bit too much. We'll wait for those pending medals potentially going on there. Uh, Japan had their most successful in terms of total medals won. And as did Australia, funnily enough, and uh, New Zealand and Hungary also had their most ever successful Olympics. Uh, but, I mean, disappointing from Poland. Come on, Poland. Uh, you know, only the one bronze. It could have done better there, let's be honest. Czech Republic, uh, you know, only only the one gold. And who, who gave them that? Good to see that one person uh, can still live up to their end of the bargain. And obviously Britain, uh, gold and a silver. Let's be honest, Scotland won them those medals. So, uh, you know, disappointing from the Brits that they have to rely on Scotland. And had the referendum gone through, then uh, they wouldn't have won any medals. I mean, were you satisfied seeing the, the, the Scots win a couple of medals for, for Britain in the last couple of days there at least, Jared? You know what? I was. But I would have been even more satisfied if, yeah, if it was a Scottish flag next to those medals on, on the medal tally. Um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for another referendum where they make the right decision, you know, but we'll see. Which is, I remember when they had that referendum and the whole thing was about um, Andy Murray because all of a sudden they were going to be like, well, no, then we still haven't won our first, like, Wimbledon or whatever in years because he's very pro-Scottish independence, isn't he, Andy? So um, I love Andy. Do, are you an Andy fan? I don't know if we ever really discussed this. I know you don't like some of the players I like, but uh, what about Andy? You know what? I wasn't until he got a metal hip, but now I am. <laughs> is that because he's like a Terminator or like... I just feel sorry for the guy now. And like, it's, I, I just think he's like, he's more interesting to watch. He's, I don't know. It's not like, it's like kind of like mellowed him a bit. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, I feel sorry for him, like having to like put in that effort and I'm ever hopeful that he'll, that he'll get back to where he was before. So I still think he's got a, a big title left in, in him at some point. He's still somewhat young, isn't he? He's not too, like, is he, isn't he the youngest out of the big four or is, I mean, Novak's I think actually so, yeah. a lot. Well, Novak's younger than I think he is, too. I think I'm older than Novak Djokovic, which makes me scared. Um, but, I mean, Roger and Rafa are like dinosaurs now, aren't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, bloody old people. Um, but the uh, one thing, talking about multiple medalists, we went over this a little bit last night with Colin. Um, now, we obviously, we talked up a lot, Mr. Quinton Philon Millet, who uh, on five narrowly missed out. We, I don't think we really uh, mentioned the fact that he obviously didn't get that uh, sixth medal in the mass start. He actually was fourth in that, so he narrowly missed out on getting that. But we did have uh, other athletes who got five medals at these Olympics as well, outside of uh, Quinton. We actually had four total athletes. So um, obviously Johannes Stingers Bow, as we mentioned, who does not send dick pics to children. I just always need to clarify that. Um, he got five medals as did Alexander Bolshinov, Mr. Happy on the podium last night in the uh, in the closing. Ceremony, which as we um, keep finding out that he has um, every event he has ever entered in at the Olympics, nine, has won a medal. So, uh, Mr. Overachiever, clearly. And uh, also the fact is that, uh, as we were talking about last night, he's probably just bored. Like, oh, God, another medal. Like, here we go. Um, uh, Marie Olspo Rosalind in the biathlon. She also uh, five medals as well. Um now, uh, multiple got four, three as well, and all that kind of stuff as well. Now, I guess we kind of move in slightly to looking at our athlete of the games. But, I mean, do you, do you look at your athlete of the games or any of your nominees based purely on the fact of these multiple medalists? I mean, these four athletes who won the five. And can I just say, these four athletes who really got no attention in Australia, it's all about the Eileen Goos and the Sean Whites and everything along those lines, yet we've literally got athletes who are equaling the most ever medals won at a Winter Olympics before and nearly breaking it. So uh, do you have standouts of these four, uh, our biathletes and our one cross-country skier? I do. I do look at the amount of medals won and then it's like, how do you, how do you break that tie? So to me, out of these people tied with five medals, it kind of has um, Johannes with four gold. 
which it, it is that way, I think, because we, we talked up Quinton a lot, but then obviously you've got four gold uh, that you that you do take. But um, And fifth, I think, in the event that he didn't medal in. Yeah, yeah, and he also, his brother, what, got three medals? Uh, four medals as well. So, I mean, there's a stacked bow household come the uh, the Christmas time around there going on there. So, not bad. And, yeah, as you said, four gold medals. So, uh, basically a third of Norway's gold medals were helped there by Mr. Mr. Bow. But um, and also then, yeah, uh, in on Marte Olsberg Rosalind uh, in the biathlon, she obviously was a three gold and the bronze. So um, it's interesting there. But w- Colin gave a few other potential nominees. We we sort of talked up last night a little bit more on the fact that y- you know, yeah, cross country and biathlon are kind of almost like the swimming of the Winter Olympics. Like you've got more events, but as we kind of said. It's kind of harder, I feel, in cross-country and biathlon because you've got to do longer distances. Like, there's no 50-metre. There's no 100-metre butterfly. Like, the sprint is literally 10 kilometres in cross-country. Um, and then you look at biathlon, you've got to also shoot. Like, if Michael Phelps, halfway through his swimming event, got up and, like, did some fencing and then got back in the pool, then maybe, you know, yeah, it's a bit more respectful. So, I, I think kind of they're, they're worth a, a little bit more. Um, and ones that I sort of mentioned last night, just as other potential nominees for me that I think stand out outside. Um, I look at somebody um, like Suzanne Schulting in the short track, who, again, four years ago, the Netherlands had never even won a short track speed skating medal uh, in a sport that they dominate in the long track. And all of a sudden now she's come out and won two gold, silver and a bronze. Uh, done pretty well there with that. And then obviously, you know, the esteemed Natalie Geisenberger, uh, winning the the double double again, uh, well the, the double I guess again, uh, and then we've got our Tobias brothers who just you know are being Tobias all the way. Uh, I'm trying to see who got the most multiple medals without winning a gold um, to see if we uh, should feel a bit sorry for them. And by the looks of things, it would be Maya Dahlquist of Sweden in the cross country skiing. She won two silvers and a bronze. Uh, so, uh, not a, you know, still get, walks away with three medals. Although also Edward Latipov of rock in the biathlon got three bronzes. So, uh, straight to Siberia for you, sir. Uh, not too good there. Um, any other athletes, uh, sort of be it multiple medalists or other ones that kind of stood out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention Esther again. You know, she got the gold, mm-hmm. she, she backed it up, but also, you know, two top five finishes, uh, including one in an event, which I, she never does. So, uh, and probably would have been on the podium in the downhill if she didn't do the extra scream and semen just for shits and giggles, apparently. Yeah. The two others that I had as potentials were, uh, the esteemed Irene Wust. Oh yes. Um, with... Another gold, so she's the only athlete, summer or winter, to win an individual gold at five Olympics. Is that right? Uh, yeah, uh, to win an yep. individual consecutive gold medal yep. in five. Yep, she is. Yep. Um, and then the other one I had who is just a single gold medalist, but just like the celebration and everything surrounding it is um, Zoom and Tao. Our favourite Tao Tao from the, uh, from the aerials. I just feel like her her reaction to winning was amazing. The fact that it was China's first gold medal in aerials when they've been like hereabouts for for years, um, yeah. Just seeing a Chinese athlete have so much expression and personality uh, just was very and it's just very unusual. They're usually mm. very like um, reserved and like settled in their emotions, and she just like let it all out, and it was just really exciting and then obviously her interview with Lydia was amazing as well so I just think um it was just such an unusual experience to see but it was just so great I, I want to give special mention I completely agree with you but um I again mentioned her last night but Lindsay Jacobellis I think kind of just to to get that gold and then to pull on the the trick right at the end there to um to to really show off uh was pretty fantastic so uh great effort there as well um and I guess Let's briefly mention Zoe. You know, she got a gold and a silver for New Zealand at the Winter Olympics. I mean, that's, you know, pretty pretty good. Uh, you know, not quite Lisa Carrington levels, but, uh, you know, the Lisa Carrington of winter sports. Uh, I'm not mentioning Eileen Goo, though. Um, you know, yeah, no, no, thank you. Um, so, Collins, obviously we talked a little bit about with Colin last night, but he put through his official nominees. So, for our athlete of the games, I don't really call this a daily, the the, the games league Dale. I think this is just the athlete of the game still. So, um, he put his in order as Quinton, uh, number one, and Mr. Bow at number two, Irene Shooting at three, Ariana Fontana, who I absolutely agree with that. She become, obviously becomes the most decorated short track speed skater of all time. And Tobias and Tobias 
in the lose doubles. Um, I, if I'm going to put a firm nominee, I, I, I feel like we've talked him up and up. And I also think like something with Quinton as well, which uh, has emerged. Like you think of France as an Olympic nation, you think is a very successful Olympic nation, some, a country that would win multiple medals often, but this was the first time that France has uh, had an athlete win five Olympic medals at an Olympic Games, summer or winter, since 1924. So basically 100 years ago, the great Roger Ducre uh, in fencing. Uh, he won three gold and two silver at the uh, 1924 Olympics. So, uh, I mean, incredible to think that it has been that long for France because, again, I, I think of France and I would assume they would be winning shit tons of medals all the time in sports. But um, to me, that's pretty impressive. And narrowly off that that sixth, uh, obviously, as you said, uh, Johannes also very similar, won a couple more gold. Um, but, I mean, I think the reason I give my personal vote to Quinton as well is that, yeah, Norway are great, but, like, you can't expect Norwegians to do well in, in biathlon. Um, I don't know my history overall of biathlon, but I don't know how much of a, a biathlon nation France are. Um, so, and also this has been more worth coming full circle in which I'm almost uh, giving something uh, to, to France. So uh, I, I'm personally putting up Quinton. Uh, as mine, uh, I, I but I, I don't know if like uh, you you want to try and sell me a little bit more on Mister doesn't send dick pics to kids Bo or if he's going to be your firm choice here as well. Yeah, I think my number one choice is Irene. Um, yeah, okay, but I'm like I'm happy to go with Quentin. It doesn't doesn't it's not egregious. It doesn't bother me. I look I I, I yeah I think Irene's achievement is massive. I really do. Uh, I mean, so decorated, 13 overall medals, uh, the win, the third uh, equal, equal second, I should say, overall in terms of medals won. And she came out and, and won the one goal that she needed to do because I remember, I don't know if you remember back in Sydney when it was, um, oh, was it Redgrave? Is that his name? Stephen Redgrave, the, the rower uh, from the UK. And they were basically saying about how back then was a four or five gold, him winning in a row, which was, had never been done before, but they weren't individual because uh, I think he was part of the, the men's four or the men's eight back in Sydney, which helped him get that gold. So, I mean, this is an achievement of, of five individual gold, uh, obviously not all in the same event, but still, you know, you think about that, like Michael Phelps can't even say that he's done that. Um, you know, Usain Bolt, people like that, that you think of these great Olympians, you know, Bjorn Daly, all these kind of people that you think of these all-time amazing Olympians. So it is a, it is a great achievement. I mean, it's... I would just say the argument against it is that if you were doing like a an overall kind of like esteemed career one, whereas like if you were to single out them of the games, like, yeah, one gold is pretty good, um, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm still sticking to – if you're happy with Quinton, that was Colin's number one vote. So uh, look at this. Off the podium is giving the athlete of the games to somebody from France. What is going on here, Jared? Rewind the tape six years ago to think that I would ever allow this. Uh, but uh, Quinn Phenomenae. Um, what a, what a, he, it just sounds like a steak, doesn't it? Can I have the Phenomenae, please? Well done. Um, basically, there. Yeah. we just gave the athlete of the games to somebody from France, Jared. What is going on right now? Yeah, what is this? What is this growth from this podcast? Um, that's all right. It's not a Brit. We we still are off board with them. We're still paying them out. The New Zealanders, we still rub it in because we have to. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy to let kind of France off the hook for a while. Yep. Lo and behold, if we ever freaking gave it to uh, an Australian, because I think Colin would never would never stand mm-hmm. for that. We had the chance. Um, he wasn't here. Yeah, well, exactly. So what we've had, we obviously, they've only been given athlete of the games for the two Olympics. So we've had a Jamaican now and a French French person. So uh, Frenchman. So there you go. Um, spreading out around the world. We had a female, now a male. So uh, look at that for the, the diversity quota on off the podium. Doing well there. Who's your tip for... Milan 2026 right now. Do uh, you think Eileen can go for four? I mean, do you think she's going to pick up the aerials by then maybe? Um, no, I think she'll be she'll be out injured by then. Um, <laughs> I 
you know, I think it's going to be Jackie Narricott coming back and winning the gold, you know. Yep. That'll be enough for me to make an athlete of the games. I don't care how many multiple medalists there are there. What about Team Slovakia coming out and winning the gold in the men's ice hockey? When all the NHL mm-hmm. players have returned, they pull up an even bigger upset by beating Canada in a shootout uh, against Sidney Crosby and the gang. Yeah, but that's like athlete of the games and then it's multiple. It doesn't really work, does it? And I couldn't True. couldn't pick out of out of team all of the my, games. all my favorite teams, you know. Yeah, t- who is is Slovakia your team of the games? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, just just absolutely locked and loaded. Just not even yeah. a question. So them and then Ireland. Them, them and <laughs> the Irish ski team consisting <laughs> yeah. of I think one skier. Um, they actually, I follow an Irish skeleton racer on our Twitter account and she seems, uh, absolutely fun. Like she just seems like such a nice person. Um, so I, look, I'm saying this now for like, get on board team Island. They just seem like a genuinely nice team. Mm -hmm. Um, like, and it's, it's, it's just Irish people in general, you know, they're, everything about the British Isles is great except for England. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, you can take England and push them out of it, but then if you've got Ireland, Scotland, Wales, even Northern Ireland, you know, Ireland man, Jersey, Guernsey, you name it, they're all they're all great. Bugger off England, keep the rest of them, right? Like, shove them somewhere. Put them to Siberia. No, 100%. I, I, just, I just want Team Ireland. I want Ireland to qualify in the ice hockey. Uh, actually, I'd, I'd be intrigued to see if is Australia ranked better in um, ice hockey than uh, Ireland. Uh, you, you would probably want to think so, right? Um, let's see if I can quickly pull this up right now. Uh, does does Ireland even have an ice hockey team? Uh, so Australia are ranked thirty three in the men's, and it doesn't look like Ireland have a men's ice hockey team. At least that are. Uh, Ranked, so that's a bit disappointing. And in the women's, Australia is ranked 29th, and they also do not look like they have a women's ice hockey team. But I can tell you, uh, thankfully, Australia is ranked 29th and 32nd for New Zealand in the women's ice hockey, and uh, in the men's, 33rd and 39th for the men in the uh, ice hockey as well. Uh, So there you go. Slovakia, um, I don't know if this has changed since the Olympics. Uh, but in the men's are uh, ninth and in the women's are apparently not good enough to play. Uh, Slovenia are 23rd. That's good for Slovenia. Often confused, right? We don't want to, mm-hmm. you know. Slovenia good at ski jumping. Slovakia good at ice yeah. hockey. That's... Slovenia in Eurovision, Slovakia not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does that mean you have a soft spot now for Slovenia because they're similar, basically? Or <laughs> no, it's just it's not the same. Not the same. Have you been? You've been to Europe. Have you been to like Slovakia or Slovenia, those sort of places? I have not, but you can guarantee I'll be there now for the, for the <laughs> hockey finals. <laughs> you're, you're trying to. You're searching Bratislava one-way flights, basically. <laughs> Let, let's uh, let's go there. Um, just on off the podium guests. Obviously, we had uh, twenty-four. Guests, uh, one obviously that we put up on our uh, montage, Jack Wallace will be in the Paralympics in a couple of weeks' time. But uh, I'm actually in the process of putting towards the the graphic. But uh, pretty successful gold medal, uh, obviously for Charles. Well done, Charles, and to uh, Ali and Abby, bronze as part of the uh, the ski jumping as well. Um, obviously, a couple of our top five finishes there with Bell getting fourth, uh, Bree getting fifth as well. Um, Laura got fifth, didn't she, in the aerials as well? We shouldn't always discount the fact that she still did make the top five, even though obviously we were a little bit upset about the final. And Danny... She should have been in there. <laughs> she, yeah, should have been. Uh, Danny was still top ten, was she not? Wasn't she like ninth, eighth, I think, possibly? Um, so a couple of top ten ones there, but uh, decent effort. I mean, again, you're very biased because you were involved in all these interviews, of course, I realise, Jared. But, uh, I mean, of, of the off-the-podium ones, if you're paying attention, was, was there any in particular that stood out for you that you paid a little bit more of closer attention to maybe because you listened to their, their interviews or, or you just heard us talk about them too much that uh, it kind of made you focus on them a little bit more? Uh, I'd have to say Charles, but I, I feel like he was like he was like hyped up on the channel. Colin, Colin was good for the hype game, so... Yep. Um, yeah. Pushed it, pushed it through. I actually, you know, as much as we got behind Dean and Tali anyway as Australia, that that was pretty cool, the fact that, um, you know, they were one of the first that we actually interviewed um, basically before the Olympics. I mean, Bree was the first that we, we had, uh, you know, a year ago basically, then obviously moved on to Dean and Tali, which 
that was that was so much fun to be able to see kind of that growth and the attention that they got and also the fact too is that they hadn't really done many interviews beforehand it was sort of not something that you know they'd been on a couple of other podcasts as well but it wasn't really sort of whereas a bunch of the other athletes that we've had on are constantly being interviewed and on that too the one that I actually noticed uh, particularly on our YouTube channel since Ali and Abby were part of the bronze medal team um Easily our uh, number one and number two YouTube interviews uh, are our Ali and Abby interviews on YouTube. And if, I, if I'm if i to say maybe my favourite um, off-the-podium story or even one of literally my favourite uh, medals of the entire Olympics was literally the, the ski jumping bronze for Canada. I just think that was, yeah, it's a bit of a bias, uh, you know, being involved in those interviews, but it was just... It's just fun to see that a bit of history created, you know, obviously to have the, out of all the Olympic sports, the only medal now that Canada have never done in is Nordic combined. I think them and the U S are the only two countries that have basically won in all but one sport at the winter Olympics. Even Norway haven't done that. So um, pretty incredible for that. So yeah, I loved that. And the fact that we were on air as well for that, like that was extra special. I, you know, so did you listen to the Ali and Abby interviews at all, Jared? I have not, but you know now I have to go back because the sport of ski jumping is just taken off. <laughs> we just went ski jumping. I can see what you did there as well, by the way. Uh, pun intended. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the that was the last sport that we'd never had athletes from, and then all of a sudden we got like thirty in a row. So um, we just don't talk about the ones that never ended up qualifying that we maybe jinxed uh, essentially with that one as well. Um, you you're you're all keen for the medal predictions. But before I do, do you have any other, like, outside of of the medals that we've talked about, any other highlights? Was there any other uh, finishes, events, things that you really got behind, uh, be it from an Australian perspective or just a perspective in general that stood out for you during these Olympics? Um, I feel like we've talked about it to death, but just, like, the curling, like, this was just, it was different. Like, I've always, like, watched a little bit of it, but just having, like, an Aussie team in there finally was just, so exciting um that i think i've watched more than i ever have before i feel like Hmm. i understand like the game a bit better and kind of across a bit more of the intricacies um so i'm looking forward to that like moving forward and i do hope like i hope that we can just get a dedicated rink Hmm. like please just just one (laughs) just do Um, it so yeah let's hope that that campaign can uh, keep some momentum moving forward the um, Dean and Tarly Center, it needs to yeah. happen. Like, you know, it's going to be called like the Gill and Hewitt rink or something like that, right? Oh, 100%. Um, or at least like the stands in on opposite sides, <laughs> like <laughs> adversaries. Um, but outside of that, I, I think a real highlight was also uh, being Dwendwen. I've come round. <laughs> yes. You know, I was yes. not feeling it at the start, but now with all the antics, uh, throughout, we're getting stuck indoors, losing limbs, falling over at ice, dancing galas, um, getting his the, the highlight, the highlight of the closing ceremony being Gwendwen being animated. Yes. Um, I just I want one of those hats too, the the, the beanie that's kind of also a scarf where you put your your hands in like the mitts. Um, Hugh Ron Ron's got a lot to live up to, let me tell you. Exactly. Like, this is the thing. Like, I don't think I have ever seen a mascot this prominent. And I'm just saying this based on the fact that we're Australian. And so, obviously, Sid, Millie and Ollie were very prominent for us because we were also kids at the time. But I honestly don't know if there's been a mascot that prominent uh, since uh, Sydney. Um, You know, maybe Wenlock or whatever the fuck that thing was in London just because it was like a a walking penis. Um, But... Like, seriously, like, it was just, it was so hilarious. And, like, the thing that I really appreciated about, particularly, obviously, the the Beijing committee themselves, is they seem to live, like, play up to this. Like, you would think, like, China being very strict and very, like, no, like, don't, you know, do anything. They almost just, like, like, literally their social media, like, the one the other day, it was, like, oh, it's very slippery outside. You see Bing Dwen Dwen tiptoeing in the snow and then he slips over. And I'm like, this is the official account. Haven't Bing Dwen Dwen fallen over A over T? Um, I mean, brilliant. And, like, I think that completely sold out around the world. You cannot buy a Bing Dwen Dwen to save your life. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, can we give the athlete of the games to Bing Dwen Dwen? 100%. You know, I feel like it kind of makes me nostalgic too because he, he reminds me of Fatso. 
Yes. <laughs> That's it's a like good that point. type of content, yeah. um, but with an actual real mascot. Bing Duen Duen, what a legend. Like, <laughs> I take back all the criticism. The ice suit was amazing. Uh, just, uh, That's my favourite thing to come from these Olympics. Yeah. Jared has come full circle on Bing Duen Duen. So high up in my uh, mascot ranking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do we do with Yeah, exactly. Uh, Izzy and Bing Duen Duen, I don't know who to choose as number one right now. but. <laughs> Like, I know you and I were talking about off air and we talked about last night, which is the gala. I literally only saw the end of the gala when it's just like Bing Dwen Dwen. Oh, and he's back again. Stacks on the mill and little Bing Dwen Dwen falling over. And his leg didn't fall off this time around. But um, what was your favourite Bing Dwen Dwen foul? Mine is the leg falling off. <laughs> I think mine is still getting stuck in the door. Because <laughs> it's just so stupid that it even happens. And like... <laughs> I think because it got like the least coverage too. And so like you found it and then passed it on. So just uh, what a legend. <laughs> Being Dwayne Dwayne getting stuck in a door. Um, the, the highlight of the Olympics. Oh, so good. They, I'm just saying this right now. Uh, 10 years time, Brisbane, you've got a lot to live up to. All right. Mm-hmm. I Can we firmly put on a, a petition to say that Fatso should be the official mascot of Brisbane 2032? He better be. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on now. This is, it's time, it's time for it to happen. Uh, you know, Roy and Etchie will be getting on a little bit by uh, Brisbane 2032, but I mean, I'm sure they could, uh, they can push him to be the official mascot there, but, uh, or bring back Bing Dwen Dwen. Just like bring, you know, we've got pandas in Australia and zoos. Uh, <laughs> the first ever returning Olympic mascot, Bing Dwen Dwen. Very Brisbaneite uh, way of doing that. Um, yeah, uh, look, I I think that um, you know I mentioned some of the highlights there that I liked. Um, seeing Team Canada win the gold in the women's hockey again was great, sort of redemption to come. And they did it so easily; like it really was just a walk in the park for them. Even their two games against the US, obviously the round robin was a two goal win, very rare. Uh, and the gold medal game should not have been three um, two. They they dominated that one. Uh, thoroughly, so uh, pure dominance there for that. Um, Finland winning the men's ice hockey gold, so so happy for them to finally break through to that. Um, to see that as well, gotta talk up Queen Esther uh, again. Easily, easily won the snowboard cross. Like that wasn't even a uh, parallel. Sorry, that wasn't even in doubt. Like she just absolutely shat that in, and uh, ultimately to fifth in the super G. Uh, the event that she obviously won in Pyeongchang, still not bad. Uh, she even came out and said, like, not bad for a snowboarder. Uh, and then fourth in the combined was absolutely insane. And then the downhill, I think she would have won a medal in that had she not had that little mistake. So uh, four events for her, three in the top five in two different sports. Um, absolutely insane to think what she can go on and achieve more there as well. So... Um, and Irene, like I, I'm with you, Irene's uh, um, uh, achievement, obviously, in her last ever Olympics as well. Uh, great, great effort there by Irene Wust. I just like saying her name, Irene Wust. Uh, great, great name. All right, medal predictions, Jared. Now, um, I went over Collins last night, but I didn't say who had, had won or not. But uh, what I've, I've done, I've gone through and I've scored these. So um, if people listen to Eurovision. Our podcast that uh, hopefully will return this year. didn't happen last year. I think Jared's uh, itching at the bit for that to return this year. So what we generally do with the rankings for that is um, we we always do a prediction of how they're going to end up in the final. If uh, whoever gets the closest gets one point. If you get it exact, you get two points. So similar thing here. We all did our medal predictions for Australia, Canada, and Norway. Remember, we did the ones for Norway. And if any of us got the medal part 100% correct, you'll get two points. If you get one point, you get uh, if you get closest, you'll get one point. You with me? Makes sense? Yes. Cool. Sounds All right. Good. So uh, just a refresh uh, for Australia. Colin said uh, Canada, Australia would get one gold, two silver, two bronze, five in total. So he ended up with uh, four points for that because he obviously got uh, accurate on the gold and the silver, not on the bronze. I said for Australia, we get two gold, zero silver, two bronze, but I still get two points because I accurately predicted we'd get four. But, Jared, remind our listeners what you predicted for Australia pre-Olympics. I think it would be what you call spot-on one gold, two silver, (laughs) one bronze. Ding, ding, ding. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. You did. Absolutely brilliant job from you. Uh, You walk away with maximum eight points. Now, do you remember actually what the ones you predicted were? Because from memory, I had Laura Peel 
and um, J- Jakara is our gold medalist. And I think I had our ski cross, uh, sorry, our snowball cross team in bronze and Bree getting bronze. So I got Jakara right. The other three I got well off. But uh, do you remember what your predictions were for those four? I think I had Bell winning the gold in the snowboard cross. Uh, then I had Laura, Peel, and Jakara getting silver medals and Scotty James walking away with a bronze. You're not so, bad. Um, yeah, not right on any of them, but... You got two of the medalists correct at least. That's so true. Just, just different colours, so uh, good job. All right, so Colin for Canada had nine gold, seven silver, ten bronze, 26 in total. He got the, uh, the total correct, but he only walks away with the two points because he wasn't close on the other ones. I had Canada at seven gold... I was the closest of all of us because you had them at eight gold. Um, They obviously only got the four. I had six silver for Canada, but you had eight silver. Uh, So you were the closest. So you get that one. And bronze, I had 11 bronze for Canada and you had eight bronze. I was the closest. So I get the point there. Uh, You and I both had 24 in total. So we didn't do too bad there. We're only two off on the total, weren't we? So not too bad there. Yeah, I feel like that was a decent, decent prediction. Decent prediction. They should have, they should have won more, more silver and gold. You know. I know. Just you let us down. Um, you let us down, Canada. But I will say your silver eight. You got that hundred percent correct, of course. So you, you get the, uh, the points on that one there. Uh, with that, which I actually, if that is the case, I have got to give you an extra point because I've uh, undersold you on the points there, Jared. Oh goodness me, what am I doing? This is this is poor effort from Ben Waterworth here. Bad, bad Ben. Uh, Norway. Do you remember what you predicted for Norway? Uh, 13 gold, 16 silver, 10 bronze. Correct. So you got the closest on the bronze because you had 10, they got 13, and you got closest on the total. You had 39 total and they got 37. Now, Colin had 14 gold. I also had 14 gold, so we both got the point on that one. We were closest. Colin had 15 silver. I had 17 silver. He got the closest on that one. And... Uh, that means on the bronze, Colin had 16 bronze. I had 32 bronze for Norway. They let me down on the bronze, bloody Norway. <laughs> um, I said 63 medals for Norway. Colin had 45, you had 39, which means overall the points tally, I got a measly five, uh, through all of it. So not good for me. Colin got eight and Jared, you got 12. Well done. You win it in. the Olympics. Off the, <laughs> the Slovakian way, you know. Well Winning done. By four points. Were you were you sitting on this? You were sitting on this knowledge of the one two one for Australia. Just as soon as we didn't get in the errors, you were actually kind of like, yeah, all right, cool. I've done well with this, haven't you? That was me on the couch cheering for Laura to crash. crash yeah, crash, crash. <laughs> well, Laura, crash. <laughs> I want to. I want to be right with these sort of things. Um, I guess moving forward, I mean, it's. It's obviously been a busy, what, seven months for us uh, and for any Olympics fan because we've obviously had this weird Tokyo, Beijing kind of uh, back-to-back Olympics. Um, So now, obviously, moving forward, we won't have another Olympics now for two and a half years, which uh, I guess I'd say is the longest period for us here on Off the Podium, but it isn't because between Pyeongchang and Tokyo, obviously, uh, it was, what, three and a half years. But, uh, I mean, obviously, it's a bit sad that we say goodbye to another Olympics, but, uh, I mean... Are you a bit olympic out, given that we've had two in the seven months? Or are you a bit like, yeah, come on, bring in another one. Let's let's bring Paris forward a couple of years. I feel like I'm kind of a little bit olympic out. I feel like they it's almost like they lose a bit of like the luster being so close together because um, you don't have that build-up of, of excitement and anticipation. So I'm ready for it to be like a longer break. Um, but in the meantime, like obviously I'm looking forward to the Commonwealth Games. So I feel like there's enough sport coming up soon that uh, – it's not like I'm going to miss competition in sport. Like, it's going to be happening soon enough. What did you think last night of uh, Channel 7 not wasting any time to tell us that the Commonwealth Games are on? And br- dear old Bruce going like, click your fingers, Bruce. Oh, look, he's Rowan Browning. How are you going, Rowan? What's what's coming up in the things? I mean, I, I didn't see the beginning of that where obviously I'm assuming he talked about the Winter Olympics. But, uh, again, Commonwealth Games are only obviously uh, four months away. Yeah, it sounds like that. <laughs> They're excited. I think they're expecting a big haul, but we'll see. I feel like Kong Games, like with and with like the battle against England, is just it's on, right? Home Olympics, obviously, mm. for, uh, home Commonwealth Games. Sorry, um, and they beat us in Glasgow. Uh, remember that? So that was the first time I think I 
in my memory that I've experienced Australia not topping the medal tally at a Commonwealth Games. Uh, obviously, took that mantle back come Gold Coast. But, um, yeah, it's what I find really strange. Like, I always love this four-year cycle where you have a Winter Olympics, Commonwealth Games, and a World Cup all in the one year. Uh, always kind of my favourite of the four-year cycles because it's as a sports fan who likes these big events, it kind of it works out well, makes you go by very quickly. But it's kind of interesting with the Commonwealth Games this year. It's like To me, that's almost the forgotten one. Um, because I think it was different four years ago because obviously they were in Australia, I was working them, it was a little bit different. But the only thing I don't like about the Commonwealth Games generally is that generally you know that the the Summer Olympics are often July, August, the Winter Olympics are generally February. For the most part, the World Cup is also June and that, but obviously this year it's a little bit different. But the Commonwealth Games are just, they're always skew-if, right? Like if they're in Australia, they're usually in like March. If they're in Europe, you know, they're, they're usually in like July. I think it wasn't the Delhi ones like in October or September as well. So it's kind of, it's it's always that odd thing where you don't really know purely. So I, I don't know, does that make it lose a little bit of its, you know, oh, because, oh, they're on in July this year, basically. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Well, not for me anyway. Um, I just feel like they haven't been like built up enough. But we'll mm. get there. I'm sure by the time they roll around, I'll be sick of hearing about them. But yeah. in the meantime, like, it's just, I feel like we haven't heard much news since, like, the last handover. It's just been kind of like radio silence. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing what uh, they can bring to the table. We talked about the Milan logo. The Birmingham logo is very similar to them. It's like these weird intersecting lines. I'm not a fan. Have you seen the mascot too? It's a freaking cow. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the mascot for Birmingham, but it's a bloody I have cow. Not. It's, yeah. So it's no Bing Dwendwen then. Oh no, no, and no Borroby. Like um, at least at least Borroby's sort of got a place still in Australia. Like he's being used still, right? Whereas uh, bloody, I don't even know what this cow is. Um, so I'm just looking here. So we we'll, obviously I think what we'll do, we'll have a Paralympics episode, just a general Paralympic recap, um, which obviously for Australia, we, we don't really have much coverage. It's kind of, I think like a nightly package and then you can watch a lot on seven plus just quickly. I mean, Paralympics, do you get into the winter Paralympics? Have you paid much attention to them before? I haven't previously, but I think this year, I don't know. It just feels like everyone's in a different headspace. So I'm looking forward to, to catching a bit more of it and, and, uh, cheering on athletes. The, the Commonwealth Games, so I, I know the big controversial one that we've had from a couple of our guests on the show, of course, is the fact that shooting is not going to be at the Commonwealth Games uh, this year, which is uh, very interesting. But I think cricket coming back is uh, a bit exciting. Uh, only the women's cricket, but uh, we're still going to have cricket for the first time there as well. But, um, I mean, this is the one thing about the Commonwealth Games as well is that you know, you've got, what, I think your 10 core sports and then all of a sudden you've just got like, you know, oh, hey, let's just fucking throw it a dartboard. What do you want this Commonwealth Games? Uh, do you remember tennis being back in Delhi? Uh, we have mm-hmm. never had tennis since. Um, so remember that? Um, but I, the one thing I'm also intrigued with the fact that they bring in beach volleyball to the Gold Coast, which, you know, the Gold Coast, you assume you're going to have beach volleyball. They've kept it for Birmingham. Like, where's the nearest beach to Birmingham? Like, I mean, why is there a the cow's the mascot and you're going to have beach volleyball going on there? Uh, but we'll have, um, similar to what we did in the Gold Coast, I reckon maybe one or two episodes throughout. The, not, not daily for Commonwealth Games. God, we couldn't go through all the bloody Middles Australia one. We'd be here all fucking week. Um, but we'll do a couple there. But the one I'm actually really excited for later this year is I think we've all kind of committed to do a one or two World Cup soccer episodes, kind of that. Now, I don't know if I've ever really gotten your thoughts on the World Cup, Jared. Is it something that you pay attention to? Are you a bit of a World Cup fan every four years? I am. Um, I don't get too into it, but I'm always like, I'll get up at stupid, ridiculous hours to watch the Aussies play. Um, And then when they get knocked out, inevitably I'll go for the Dutch moving forward. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, it's exciting. Um, It feels like it. It, not much time has gone past between like the last oh. World Cup to me anyway. Like it feels yeah. like it's come around really quickly. So um, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be good fun. It's This is, I think, the, been the quickest feeling four-year period ever because like even with the Commonwealth Games, like I can't believe it's been four years since the Gold Coast. Like it just, it's it's crazy. But I, um, I'm a mad World Cup fan. Absolutely love it. And I'm obviously a massive Germany fan. So kind of they're always my number one team at a World Cup, not to take away from the Socceroos who might not be there this year um you know we're, we're, we're assured of a at least a playoff spot so we will finish in third but then you've got to then play like freaking uzbekistan or somebody to then win to then go through 
South America, like at least fucking four years ago, we went through that route, but when we beat Panama or something like that, at least we went through North America. This is this is why we avoided going through Oceania because we always got stuck against fucking Uruguay or fucking like Paraguay or something like this. Now this is just like, this is deja vu 20 years later that I'm just, I'm not looking forward to this. I'm really, really not looking forward to this. Um, but uh, I, I'm really hopeful that we do for obviously many reasons, but obviously I think for Colin, which will be interesting, is that Canada literally need to get one point in their next game and they will qualify for the World Cup for the first time since 1986, which is a massive deal. They have been so... They're on top of their qualifying against teams like the US and Mexico, which is unheard of. Uh, so, And this is obviously four years out from Canada co-hosting the World Cup in 2026. So there's a potential there that we can all have Australia and Canada at the World Cup. I'm going for Germany. You'll go for the Dutch. I don't know who Colin will go for. Freaking... Slovakia, I don't think they're qualifying. Um, but yeah, it's 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 exciting, and and obviously this year it's in like freaking November because of Qatar having remember, remember Qatar's hosting the World Cup. Like remember the controversy around that twelve years ago when they got it, and here we are. How's that gone by so quickly? Oh, we love some controversy with our countries hosting major sporting events, so um, oh. it should be fun. The World Cup does better. I'm actually like in a week, I will be in Qatar for at least. Two hours, because I'm connecting through Qatar flight to New York. So I can officially say I've been to Doha uh, for two hours, basically. I'm looking at the World Cup qualifying right now. So if it was to end right now and Australia finishing third, so our playoff would be against uh, the United Arab Emirates. So, okay, not the hardest, but not the easiest. Uh, And then currently fifth in South America is Peru. So Uruguay are fourth. If Uruguay can just hang the fuck on and we don't have to play Uruguay, please. I just that bad, bad memories. Peru, not bad. Chile's on the cusp though. Chile would be a difficult one, but I don't know how I feel about playing Peru. I don't know too much. Do you know much about the Peruvian men's soccer team? <laughs> I don't, but I feel like I wouldn't feel bad losing to Peru. You know, I'd kind of be like then cheering them on throughout yeah. the tournament. Yeah, so, whereas Uruguay, yeah, mm. you know, not not sure about that. In all fairness, Australia can still directly qualify. We've got two more games left. We've got to play the two top teams in Japan and Saudi Arabia. So the next one against Japan, which I think is in March, is huge because we're three points behind Japan. So we beat Japan, you go up into second, and then basically you probably have to hold on for a draw because I think we've got better goal difference in Japan. So hold on to a draw with Saudi Arabia and, and you're in automatically. Um, so, yeah, very, very interesting. But, yeah, Canada literally need a point. This is so exciting for them. Uh, New Zealand, they haven't even started their qualifying yet because Oceania hasn't gone. And they actually – so Oceania now go through North America in terms of the playoff. So if New Zealand – well, sorry, if. When New Zealand win Oceania qualifying – uh, they will then play the fourth-placed North American team, which at the moment is Panama. So um, that's a Costa Rica on the Custer as well. So interesting. And then you look at Europe. Sorry, I'm very into World Cup qualifying, Jared. It always excites me. Sorry if this is boring. You can go to bed. Um, like in Europe, all the automatic qualifiers that are through, um, and then you've got kind of this weird little playoff system that they do essentially to go through on that side of things. So this year you've got like this situation where you've got a semi-final and a final. So for example, you have Wales playing Austria and Scotland playing the Ukraine. And then the winner of those two, so say it's Wales and Scotland, the winner of Wales and Scotland will go into the world cup. Um, if Scotland make it, I'll be like, I haven't made the world cup since 1998. So like, yes, come on team Scotland. That would be, they're smart in the world cup. They play separately. So uh, there you go. And, Obviously, the Dutch are in, so you're, you're happy in Germany, obviously. In. I'm going to shut up. This is not the World Cup. We're closing up Beijing 2022. Um, any final thoughts on the, the Winter Olympics? Because ultimately, we don't get to talk daily on Olympics now for two and a half years until we get to Paris. So, uh, yeah, any any final thoughts right now on uh, Beijing? Uh, I think I'm just I'm glad that the, the gold medal drought is over. Um, I feel like expectations are going to be high going into Paris, but I feel kind of confident that we can deliver um get ready for that prediction to be wrong um but i don't know it just feels like we're gaining a bit of momentum again and and kind of heading in the right direction so um i'm i'm definitely looking forward it will be very intriguing particularly with the summers um leading into the fact that we now know that we're hosting an olympics in 10 years and we all know the investment and everything that went into sydney 
and the success that we had in there. It was sort of a slower build. We obviously only had the one Olympics between when we got that, obviously with Atlanta. Successful games in Atlanta before Sydney, but this time around you've got two. Uh, and coming off the success, as you're saying, of Tokyo to see how that will play out for Australia uh, will be be massive to see that investment. Um, and for Canada as well, we shouldn't shouldn't ignore the fact that we don't have Colin here to talk about that. But obviously they had a very hugely successful Tokyo Olympics. So to kind of see how that investment will go in. And, and for the winter side of things for Canada, it looks very likely that they'll be hosting in 2030 with Vancouver. So similar thing as well. Uh, you know, we could, we have this unique perspective here and off the podium. If we're still around in eight to ten years, that uh, both of our countries that we obviously focus on will be hosting Olympics within two years of each other. So uh, that that's another unique thing. And 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 we'll say too, uh, Commonwealth Games side of things, Australia is probably going to host the next one. Uh, and then Canada looks likely they're going to be hosting the 2030 Commonwealth Games. And Canada will host the World Cup in 2030. A lot happening for Canada and Australia. Australia hosting the Women's World Cup next year. So plenty of things to keep us occupied on the show. Um, I will say that in terms of what we've got for episodes coming up next, um, starting this Friday, we will resort to weekly episodes. So obviously we've basically had daily episodes every day for like the last two months. Uh, so, um, guess what off the podium listeners, you can have a bit of a rest now. You don't have to download us every day. Uh, we will have a few days off, but, uh, coming this Friday, we will go to weekly episodes and I'm very excited. I'll drop this right now. Our first interview is actually with Tokyo bronze medalist in the javelin, uh, Kelsey Lee Barber who, uh, of course, uh, we all remember the the ad. We talk about the ad with her. Um, ben didn't remember who she was when we are going into that final. But um, this, all these interviews that we've got coming in the next few weeks have been done sort of several months ago, so obviously been focusing on the winters. But it's a great chat, and obviously that will be on the video as well. You can check that out on YouTube. But a couple of other great interviews that we've got over the coming weeks, our Paralympics episode, and, of course, we will uh, start to track down some of our winter athletes that we've seen, and uh, they'll be coming in the coming weeks as well. But sportspodcastawards.com, vote for us. There's only, I think, like 10 or so days left in it. We're still leading. Jared, you've been voting your fingers. It's been going click, 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 click every five seconds, hasn't it? No, oh, 100%. All day, every day. Get Are you pumped? Do you think I'm we've pumped. got it? Are you think we're over the line? You know what? I reckon we're going to get there. Yes. We're going to, you know what? We're going to drop to second like the day before and then overtake right at the, right at the last second. Brad Briggs. like coming right down to, to the wire. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you, you got to keep on clicking away, Jared. Just keep on clicking. We, we don't want to, we don't want to fall down, but yes, yeah, sportspodcastawards.com. This will be the last time I get to spruik it because I think by the time we get to the Paralympics episode, voting will be closed. And obviously in our next couple of episodes, we didn't know that we were nominated. So sportspodcastawards.com, register, click on the Olympics, Paralympics category, click on off the podium, vote for us. It's that simple. We're leading. It's looking good. We've been leading for a bloody long time. <laughs> so we can do it. Come on. It's like Olympic bids or gold medals and just doing it that way to, you know, win a win a, an award for this show because uh, we do a lot and it's fun and we like it. Jared, thank you so much for everything, your your commitment, your passion, everything over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, it's, it's a lot to have to come on here every single day. Uh, it's, it's a bit out of your, I guess, um, I don't know what your sleep pattern is like in general, but you're often doing this every night at 11 o'clock at night for a couple of hours. Uh, you got work the next day. Uh, but I will say you're the only one of us who didn't get COVID during the last couple of weeks. So you've, you've remained healthy, but sincerely, thank you so much for everything that you've been involved in. And it's always a pleasure to be able to have your commitment to an Olympic games whenever these happen every two or so years. Uh, thank you. It's been, it's been great fun. Um, I'm lucky I'm a night owl, um, so this <laughs> suits me perfectly. Um, but, yeah, yeah looking, looking forward to the next one. Bring on two years. That'll fly by. Well, as uh, Colin and I were saying last night, that uh, I'm more than likely might not be in Australia in two and a bit years, and uh, obviously Paris will be in a bit of a weird time zone for Australians. So you might have to move in a couple of years just to stay up to date with Colin and I if we're uh, both still in North America. But uh, everyone who's tuned in over the last couple of weeks, we also sincerely thank you so much for the support and, and tuning in every single day. Uh, you guys can probably get some sleep now as well because um, obviously there's uh, it's a lot to keep up with in Olympics as well. But uh, we appreciate you tuning in and listening to the show along the way. Uh, like us on Facebook, subscribe, all that relevant stuff as well. And we will be back in Paris 2024 for our daily coverage and plenty more to come in between now and Paris 
My name is Ben. Shout out to Jason Momoa. Put a sock in it, Mountain. And remember, go left. What an episode. You loved every single second of it. It's Ben again just quickly reminding you once again if you want to help us win a Sports Podcast Award, sportspodcastawards.com, register to vote, click on Best Olympic and Paralympic Podcast section, listen to the other nominees and then go, hey, off the podium's awesome. They're so good. They put in so much work and so much effort and we just love them and they deserve to go on the podium for once. Ben's awesome. Jared's awesome. Colin's okay, but he's also kind of awesome. We'd really appreciate it. And particularly if you've actually listened to the rest of this and ended up here, because generally I assume you've well and truly tuned out by now. But seriously, if you're at this point of the podcast, then you're a true listener. And that means that you're a true fan and you should vote for us. Sportspodcastawards.com. Do it now. We will thank you forever. Literally ever. Like every episode moving forward, we will thank you forever. Sportspodcastawards.com. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll speak to you next time on Off the Podium. I'm I'm really going to go now. Bye.